0: Hello, and welcome to the Sound Up Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Cartwright, and I will be joined, as always, by John Kerry as soon as his recording pops up into your ears. But he did miss the first 15 minutes of the podcast, and so we've we've cut it down, condensed it. We had a nice discussion on the UW Huskies and their route of Cal and kind of how the Pac-12 broke down, uh, but that will have to wait until next week when UW plays Arizona, Um, We're looking forward to that and hope you are too. When it comes to this pod, we are going to talk all things Seahawks, break that down, and give you our value dogs. We hope you enjoy. But first, a little coyote picnic. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep keep the football talk up um, and get into the Seahawks. Uh, do you want to talk last week? Do you want to talk this upcoming week? How do you want to start it off?
1: Um, I guess yeah. Let's start with last week. Uh, you know, it happened as we as we predicted. We predicted a Seahawks win, and I believe we predicted a Seahawks cover. Is that correct?
0: I believe so. Oh, also, before I forget, the uh, the Huskies. Line was minus 21, which I think I predicted, and you took the cow points, but I don't fully remember. Um, but the over-under for that game was 55.5, and, and UW scored 59. Yeah, so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, o- just overs something on these fun to know. UW games are looking pretty interesting.
0: <laughs> they might have to move those up to, like, 70 points when it comes to the Oregon game. Good lord.
1: The and USC over-under is going to be, like, 105 <laughs> It was just so you
0: know, if, if it's anything less than 80, you should be hitting hammer, hammer,
1: <laughs> hammer. Um, yeah, but Seattle, Seattle covered the spread, 37-27 win over the uh, winless Carolina Panthers. Um, the one real uh, interesting part of this game was that the Panthers rookie, Bryce Young, did not play. He's dealing with an ankle or knee injury. So old, wily red-headed vet Andy Dalton, the red rifle, took over at quarterback and was fairly serviceable for him. Um, threw for 361 yards and two touchdowns on 60 attempts. Good gracious. Yeah, I um, think that
0: was the most attempts by Dalton in his career, which was crazy to think, but I guess it makes sense.
1: Yeah, 60 passes is just is just really tough. But a lot of that came from the fact that their run game was nothing. Miles Sanders, nine carries for 24 yards. Yuck. Um, so they were just throwing all game. Um, explains a bit how they got to 27 points, but you know, this game was close, you know, all through Carolina led at half. They were up 13, 12 at half. I was never really that worried. Um, I liked the way the defense was looking. They were getting a lot of pressure on Dalton and stopping the run. And I really just felt like it was a matter of time. And you know, that ended up being the case
0: yeah no i i agree with that
1: i think the
0: main culprit of them scoring 27 points was adam thielen who had one of his kind of old school minnesota games i feel like he had 11 receptions for 145 yards and a touchdown man just had a good game and uh i think what it is is that veteran kind of route running really got our young uh cornerbacks and dvs um and so that was probably the main reason they might have just gotten some short slant routes into Thielen and just kind of worked it from there. I think uh, Witherspoon had a great game. He had 11 total tackles with 8 solo tackles, which is just crazy. It feels like he was everywhere on the field.
1: That's um, fantastic. And it was really
0: good to see. Yeah, yeah Jackson was good. Up. Yep. Just really, really good uh, Good cornerback play, especially in a week when, with uh, not Witherspoon, uh, Woolen was out with that injury. So...
1: Just good all around. For sure, yeah. And then on our side, I, I think it was a pretty ho-hum day for Geno, to be completely honest. 23 at 36, not hyper-efficient. 300 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Um, He did a good job getting the ball to Metcalf, went over 100 yards. But once again, Lockett, three for 34. I would like to see more from him. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba, one reception for 10 yards. I, I don't know how many targets he had, but... It's just not good enough for a guy that was a first-round pick with that kind of size and that kind of speed. Um, I think Geno's hyper-focusing on Metcalf a bit. I mean, he is still spreading the ball around, You know, getting the tight ends involved. Noah Fant was good again. Colby Parkinson, the, a third tight end, one we didn't even talk about <laughs> last week when we were talking about how deep these tight ends were. Uh, he was really good today or the other day. Um, but still, I want to see him getting the receiving depth more involved.
0: Yeah, I agree. In terms of uh, targets, Tyler Lockett was three receptions for seven targets, and Smith and Jigbo was one reception with three targets. So those combined for four receptions on ten targets between your wide receiver two and wide receiver three. That's not really very efficient quarterback play, I would assume, yeah. because it's not like these guys have bad hands. It's not like they're dropping the ball. Those are not. It really tops. is just yeah, they're they're being missed by Geno, and uh, and gr- granted maybe they're being being defended well, but either way. You got to be able to get those guys open. You can't just have DK running the seams down the sideline and hoping those work. Um,
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah when T- tough running, look for for those guys. When your running back has more yards than your two and three receiver combined, you know that you're not being aggressive enough with your play style. You know, you know, we know at this. Yeah. Team granted, needs to be, Kenneth Walker had a great half or a great game. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess. That's the other thing. We're talking about the passing game and the ho-hums of it, but this was the Kenneth Walker breakout game we've been waiting for. He's been pretty inefficient all year. Today, 18 carries, 97 yards, 5.5 yards per carry, two touchdowns. That is what we want to see.
0: Yeah, Kenneth Walker, and, and like you were saying, did you say the three receptions for 59 yards? I just think, like, everything about his game was pretty complete. He looked like one of the more complete running backs in the, uh, in the league that last week. I mean, yeah, everything, everything about it. Obviously, most of the Seahawks' points in the first half came off field goals. They just couldn't finish drives out. But once they figured out that they just needed to get it to Walker, it was uh, pretty smooth sailing from there.
1: For sure. And, you know, one of the reasons you're saying three for 59 for a running back, how does that happen if they're just hitting him in the flat? If you get to 59 yards, that should be like eight receptions. But... What it was is they cracked the Kenneth Walker code that we saw last year, which is the guy is great in the screen game. He is such a good, you know, screened running back with the ball in his hands. He knows how to work around his linemen. He knows how to make people miss. He's a little bit on the smaller side, and he uses that to his advantage on screens, um, kind of disguising himself. Kenneth Walker was great at receiving screen passes last year, and that's how you get to 59 yards and three catches. Um so I was glad to see Pete Carroll remember that he can do things with Kent Walker other than running him <laughs> off the gut. Something else I yeah. was encouraging from the running game, rookie Zach Charbonnet, nine carries for 46 yards. That's over five yards a carry as well. He you know, he spells Walker as more of a bruiser and short yardage guy, but you really love to see that kind of efficiency.
0: Yeah, I think all in all, I think the rushing game really, really carried us this week, which is kind of what we were calling for. Uh, last week we said we relied a little too much on Tyler Lockett and DK trying to get open, and it was the Kenneth Walker show this week. So obviously they're listening to our podcast, kind of like uh, Jerry Depoto has been doing. So
1: <laughs> yeah, them and Jerry just wanted to say. Well, I was going to say I think that one might be Pete. Pete, if Pete had his way, <laughs> they'd be running it fifty times a game. So that's that's true. <laughs> the fact that Gino threw it thirty six times might be the more surprising aspect. Um, but anyway, it was a good win. This week, the New York Football Giants.
0: Uh, and they... Is Barkley playing this week? I'm not sure.
1: He is currently I guess we still out, but he's day-to-day, which means that by the time Monday rolls around, I would put it 60-40, 70-30 he plays.
0: Yeah, that that seems, uh, seems fair. I think what we showed last week with our run defense was really nice. The one thing is I think the Giants have a little bit better of a quarterback than uh, Andy Dalton, and they have a little bit better of a receiving distribution. They don't, you know... And that balance could cause a problem for our offense, especially if Saquon's Saquon's playing. So, I'm a little little worried coming into this week with uh, Waller being kind of the the tight end that he is. I feel like those middle middle routes, even with Bobby Wagner playing in the middle, um, those middle routes could be pretty dangerous for the Giants, especially because that's where Daniel Jones likes to throw the ball. Um, and Saquon is just a better running back than Miles Sanders if he's playing. I would be I'm I'm a little concerned
1: that's man i i do disagree so the giants have had an interesting schedule so far this year Um, they've played two of the four best defenses in the nfl and the cowboys and the niners and combined for 12 points in those two games that's six points per game against elite defenses Um, and there's a reason for that their one other game was a 31 28 win over the cardinals who despite upsetting the Cowboys last week, I still believe are one of the worst three teams in the NFL. Um, So I'm not blown away by that. Their defense also gave up 28 points to the Cardinals. Um, I think this Giants team is bad. I think this is a very big game for them to prove that they're not bad because their two losses are against, you know, arguably the cream of the NFC uh, and their other games a win. So, you know, a diehard Giants fan would say, we beat the Hawks this week, and we prove that we can hang with you know everyone but the best. Um, I just don't buy it. I think they have a very talented <laughs> tight end in Darren Waller, and I think the rest of their receivers are crap. I mean, <laughs> bad. I mean, like Sterling Shepherd is their WR one. Bad. That is that is like Michael Pittman is a better receiver than Sterling Shepherd, and the Colts have one of the <laughs> worst receiving cores in the NFL. So. Yeah, I'm not at all scared of their receiving core, especially with deer-in-headlights Danny Jay uh, hucking the ball to them. Obviously, their run game's a lot more interesting. Jones himself is a talented runner, and when Saquon is playing, they have one of the better running backs in the NFL. He really broke out in that Cardinals game. But if he does play, we're playing a one-dimensional offense where we can load the box and dare Daniel Jones to beat us down the field because he hasn't yet this entire year um, and if he doesn't play, then there's a zero-dimensional offense. We could roll out eight guys on defense and I'd be pretty confident we could hold them to under 25 points. Um, and their defense, what have what have they shown to impress us? They've given up a minimum of 28 points every single game this season, so um, I think we should tear them up defensively.
0: Well, I like everything you're saying. My My I keep coming back to the fact that the Seahawks are probably closer to the Cardinals than they are to the Cowboys and 49ers in terms of how they play. And we did just give up twenty-seven points to a team that you said very similarly last week has no receivers.
1: Well I forgot that Um, Adam Thielen is was gonna revert to being twenty-seven. That's not my mistake.
0: Well there you go. Now we've got Darren Waller who's gonna revert to being the best tight end in all of football ever. And it's just gonna that's I feel like that's the same thing could happen with the Giants. That's my only concern. Is it might be another high-scoring game. I don't think the Giants have the defense to hold us down, but it could be kind of a you know shot for shot, twenty-eight to twenty-eight till the last possession type thing. Um, granted, that's not what I want. I want a smackdown. I want our defense to hold strong. But I just have not seen anything from our defense that would indicate that they can hold opponents to under twenty points, and that's that's the problem.
1: you know, that's totally fair. I could definitely see another 37-27 game like we just saw this week. I could also see a game where we're down 13-12 to the Giants at half. And just like against the Panthers, I'm not going to be that worried about it. I'm going to trust that we're going to pull through because we're a more talented team at almost every single position.
0: I, yeah, I think that's just both of us. One of us being the the little bit more of a pessimist when it comes to the Seahawks. I'm trying to trying to be realistic when it comes to the fact that we could be we could be playing teams that are better than we think they are as Seattle sports fans. I, you know,
1: I love it, man. I I love it when we disagree. It means one of us is definitely going to be right. <laughs> Good for the credibility well, of the pod if one person's correct every time.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we're going to have one person be right, and it's going to be switch off every week. So people are just going to have to figure out what it is. <laughs>
1: They're going to have to guess the pattern. Um, it's worth noting Seattle minus one and a half. Um, it's basically actually sorry, it started at minus one and a half. It's a pick'em now. Um, wow, I can't believe that it's a pick'em against the New York Football Giants. Um, I was gonna say I
0: was looking earlier and currently. Seahawks in general are plus one on a lot
1: of betting sites. Oh, my God. Okay, well, there you have it, folks. Mortgage your homes and put all the money on Seattle. And if the bet loses, you can hold me personally and financially responsible. How's that for a promise? Um, that was a joke. You can't sue me. You can't even find me. But uh, I, I might throw a couple bucks on Seattle. I think that's a, a very favorable line for a better team.
0: Yeah, I think with that, we could we could lean into the the our, our segments that we've been doing every week since the NFL season started. You want to get into those value dogs?
1: Let's do it. The Costco brand value dogs of the week. <laughs> um, this is my funnest, funnest part of the, our entire podcast. Uh, we were just talking about it before. I am now up with my picks last week. I had uh, the Colts plus eight, and they won. We had Pittsburgh plus three, and they won. And then I, we both had the Commanders, which which failed us miserably, but we didn't realize Sam Howe was going to turn into a pumpkin on live television, so that, we're not going to take that one too seriously. Um, but with that, I am now 3, 2, and 1 on the year, is that correct?
0: That is correct, and I am 2 and 4, so... Hopefully we can switch that up this week, get John some losses. Or maybe we're just in agreement on everything.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, man. I'm just saying, I'm winning money. If people had mortgaged (laughs) all four of their houses and bet on my lines, they would have an extra house right now. So do with that (laughs) what you will.
0: All right, do you want to go first with your value dog picks, or do you want me to to take the first pick?
1: I'll go first just because I'm absolutely 100% sure we're both going to have it. We were being very coy earlier. We were both mentioning one line, which was ridiculous, Um, and I'm pretty sure it's the same line. So for my first value dog of the week, I am going to take the Dolphins of Miami plus three (laughs) against the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins of Miami that just scored 70 points, the third most points in the history of the NFL, against the Denver Broncos, a team, by the way, that has been known for its defense in recent years. Um, 70 fucking points. Um, and they are not favored. The game must be in Buffalo. I'm sure it's in Buffalo. but It is. Goodness gracious there is an argument that they are the best team in the NFL and they're plus three. I, I, that makes no sense to me. It should be Bills plus three or Bills plus five or Bills plus 25. Um, obviously Buffalo's a good team. They had a great week last week, really embarrassed the commanders. Um, and I do think they're a good team, but all jokes aside, this Dolphins offense is one of the most unstoppable offenses in the last decade. I can't remember an offense since the Peyton Manning Broncos that looked this unstoppable on every single drive. The running game got going to a whole different degree last week. Jalen Waddell didn't play. The second best receiver on the team and a top 10 fantasy tight end, or wide receiver from last year did not play and they scored 70. I, I can't believe they're plus points. I gotta hammer the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement. I have that on my value dogs list. Uh, the only way to stop the Dolphins, I feel like, is doing what we said earlier in terms of stop, stopping the Huskies, is getting infiltration in that defensive line, or from that defensive line. And I just don't think the Bills have that. Their their strength is not in their defensive line, it's in their cornerbacks. And Tyreek Hill is better than their cornerbacks. And
1: yeah, that's, everything about the
0: Dolphins offense is just going to run all over the Bills.
1: That's a really, really good point. And what I was saying about you, Dub, you know, oh get a great secondary and, and force him to run. There are two reasons that will not work against the Dolphins. The first reason is you nailed it, Tyree Kill, he may not be the best receiver in the history of the NFL, but he is absolutely the most uncoverable receiver in the history of the NFL. I've never seen a receiver who like the person lined up against him matters less. He like it's like he has a complete debuff against defensive backs. Um <laughs> I, I Yeah, so I don't care who you put up against him. And the second thing is their running game looked like the best running game in the NFL last week. The last thing you want to do is send all your guys back and allow Mosert and H chain to just eat you up for yards, and they're happy to do it. They're happy to run the ball down your throat. So uh, it's kind of a no-win situation. You're right. The Bills' defensive line is small. Um, yeah, I have no idea how they're going to slow down. They're just going to have to try their best to keep up, and I don't think anybody can keep up. Yeah. Well, since we both got an agreement on that
0: one, let's move on to my number one value dog pick. And it's going to be what we just talked about before. The Seahawks plus one against the Giants.
1: Love it. I don't know how you
0: can't take that.
1: Love it. Plus one and a half is what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah. we got it. Losing losing by one and still winning that bet would be, you know, not ideal,
1: but... It would be would hilarious. We guys, we're not going to fucking lose to this Giants team. Liquidate your assets, I swear to God. I don't I don't know what's up with the lines this week, man. It's crazy. Um yeah,
0: I really think it's cuz Giants fans are just like hyped about their team playing well, kind of, against the forty, the 49ers? And they they
1: think didn't. They got stomped by worse. the Niners. I don't know. They, I'm just trying to give them
0: some sort of excuse, but I just don't see it either.
1: They beat Arizona by three, and Arizona had to come back. or And they had to come back. They were down big in that game. so
0: You know what it is? It's because Arizona just beat Dallas. And now they beat it, Arizona yeah. and it's the trans by the transitive property, they just beat Dallas, even though they lost by four.
1: That's hilarious. I love the idea that Giants fans are like, oh, we beat Arizona. So we and they beat Dallas. So we are officially better than Dallas after like the worst week one loss of all time. That would be incredible. Um honestly I would probably agree with that one too, but I hadn't seen it before we started. And I already have two other ones, so I'm I'm going to let you have the Hawks all to yourself. Um, I love it. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on that bet?
0: Nothing. Go Hawks, baby.
1: Go Hawks. Yeah, we, we covered that one pretty thoroughly. Okay, for my second value dog of the week, I am going to take... Ah, so many good options. Okay, I will go ahead and take the Las Vegas... Oh, where'd it go? Oh, I had it and I lost it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders against the Chargers of Los Angeles. The Raiders are plus 5.5 points against this Chargers team. Um, this is kind of probably a bit of a controversial one. This Raiders team has looked very up and down. Jimmy G has looked pretty up and down. He, uh, he looks more up when he's not concussed. But, um, yeah, I, I understand why the line is where it is. There are probably people out there that want to hammer the Chargers. But there are a couple things to note. Through three weeks, the Chargers have had the single worst defense in the NFL. Let me reiterate, the Chargers have had the single worst defense in the NFL. They're bad against the pass. They're bad against the run. The Raiders have the, you know, defending rushing leader in Josh Jacobs and one of the five best receivers in football in Devontae Adams. Jimmy G can do whatever he wants. This offense is going to put up points. They're going to. This Chargers team will likely be without Austin Eckler this week for a third straight week. Josh Kelly has come down massively since his Week One explosion. He looked very, very mortal last week, and last week late in the game, Mike, or Mike Adams, Mike Williams, the second best receiver on the Chargers, tore his ACL. He is out for the rest of the year. So the Chargers may be down two of their three best weapons, and playing a team with some high-end offensive talent. Um. And the Raiders are getting five and a half points. They can lose by a field goal. They can lose by more than a field goal and still cover this bet. So that one is a bit of a reach just based on how the Raiders have been performing. But I I just like the points.
0: I think, is this just the Chargers tanking for the guy from Ohio State, Marvin Harrison?
1: (laughs) If the Chargers get Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm going to jump off a fucking bridge. Um, they do not deserve Marvin Harrison Jr., but that would make sense. It would be hilarious if they take, uh, tank and draft Caleb Williams and, and cut There's Justin There's no way. Herbert. They have
0: Justin Herbert. They're going to they're gonna just keep him as their franchise QB for the next eight years because everybody loves that man.
1: Everybody does love him a lot. Um, yeah, Marvin Harrison would be a great fit on that team. But, uh, yeah, that's my second pick. Do you think I'm crazy?
0: No, I don't. I, I like it. You, every reason that you gave was a good one. Um, I just don't have them as my,
1: my third value dog. Well, let's hear it.
0: For me, my second pick but third value dog, I have the Falcons plus three against the Jaguars. That is because the Jaguars have not scored, it feels like, more than ten points the entire season. I'm sure they have, but god damn, their offense has been atrocious. Um, they just lost to the Texans and they're minus three against the Falcons who granted lost six to 20 against the lions, but the Jaguars defense is not as good as the lions and the Falcons have as many weapons as possible. I feel like they've got Bijan Robinson, they've got Drake London, they've got, uh, Kyle Pitts. They've got enough receivers. They just need to get a quarterback that's, you know, somewhat decent. And, uh, I think their defense is good enough. And I just think I think the Falcons are just gonna to turn to Bijan and say, Hey, we're gonna give you the ball, you know, twenty-five times today and just let you run at him because I don't think the Jaguars have any way to stop him. And the Jaguars, you know, if you give them four or five possessions, they're gonna score two field goals and maybe a touchdown. And I think that's that's all the Falcons need.
1: Wow, it's sad to see how far Jacksonville has fallen in your esteem. <laughs> um The fact that you take the Falcons plus three. And you know what? I'm like the biggest Jaguars defender outside of Jacksonville. And what you're saying is not crazy. The Falcons are like a really solid football team. Other than their quarterback position, they don't. I'm not sure they have a position that's, you know, bottom five in the NFL. Um, So and the Jaguars have looked like kind of like garbage these last couple weeks. So um, Falcons plus three, not a bad pick.
0: You know what would be crazy? I know there's been a lot of talk about Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Why is there? Why could the Falcons not trade for Kirk Cousins and become a real contender? I feel like they have enough weapons and they could get the ball to Kyle Pitts with Kirk Cousins. I feel like it could work.
1: Yeah, Kirk Cousins loves throwing to tight ends. Um, so that would honestly be a good fit for that reason. But uh, he might just not fit their timeline in terms of with all their young talent. And also Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, has no interest in throwing the ball. He's made it so abundantly clear that all he wants to do is run the ball and run gimmick plays, um, mostly out of spite to Kyle Pitts. He actually hates Kyle Pitts specifically, so um, I don't think he would ever trade for a quarterback that actively wants to get Kyle Pitts the ball. Um, With my last pick, my last value dog, I am going with... Uh, another bit of a surprise. You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm winning people money. I'm, I'm kind of swinging for the fences this week. Um, the the obvious thing to do would jump on the bandwagon with you and take Seahawks plus one and a half, but I'm going to get a little more creative. I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus three against the New Orleans Saints. Um, this is a Tampa Bay team that was 2-0 and and leading the NFC South before they ran into a very motivated and angry Philadelphia team. Um, And got absolutely stomped. Uh, You and I both made made theoretical money on that game. We were very happy to see the Eagles succeed. But I think people are overreacting a little bit to that game. This Tampa Bay offense looked very serviceable the first two weeks, throwing to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Um, uh, They could run the ball a little bit with Rashad White, and their defense uh, is still talented, particularly at linebacker. Saints, on the other hand, just lost Derek Carr. Derek Carr's not playing. You know what that means? It means Jameis Winston, Mr. Interception himself, will be starting for the New Orleans Saints in this game. Um, I think Tampa Bay's better offensively. I think they're just as good as the Saints defensively. I think having a quarter, a backup quarterback come in to start is always a big red flag. And if you can get the points with a better offense against a backup quarterback, I think you got to do it.
0: Yeah, I forgot that Derek Carr wasn't playing. That's a, that's a very good point. I was thinking that the Saints are better than I think people have been giving them credit for. Like They've been pretty good so far. But yeah, the fact that their uh, they're starting quarterback is out, and I feel like there's not really a main weapon that Winston's going to come in and be ready to use, I think that's a, that's a great idea to take the Bucks plus three.
1: Nice. Um, well, there you have it. There are the value dog picks of the week. I feel good about all of them. I think we're going to go a combined 5-0. Um, I like that we only agreed on one, and that one is the most obvious one. Liquidate your assets, people. Bet on the Dolphins. Um, uh, last thing I wanted to mention, uh, I wanted to throw a, just a fun little gimmick in, a, a small by comparison. I wanted to throw in the rancid dog of the week. Uh, this is the dog. It might look a little good. There are tons of toppings on it. But underneath those toppings, there is a rancid dog. Um, and I encourage <laughs> you to stay away. So these are for big underdogs. Vegas is trying to buy you with all these points. They're saying, look at how many points we're giving you. What are the odds they're going to lose by this many points? I just don't want any part of it. And this week, my rancid dog of the week is the New York Jets going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Jets are plus nine and a half. Vegas is saying, we're giving you a whole touchdown, more than a touchdown. Bet on the Jets. Don't do it. Keep your money out of there. Uh, Kansas City has had, sneakily, like a top three defense so far this year. When Chris Jones is in, their defensive line is one of the best, and their secondary has speed. Uh, Their offense has been a little up and down, but Kelsey's back. He's dating the biggest pop star in history, (laughs) Um, and he's going to take some of that juice on the field uh, and Patrick Mahomes, he does not lead offenses that fail. So I think the Chiefs are going to st-h-h-h-hump on the New York Jets. You could throw a one in front of that plus and I still wouldn't be interested.
0: I yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I didn't come in prepared with one, but I just remember the Cardinals had being plus fourteen and I would stay away from that with a ten foot pole as well. <laughs> because they're playing the Niners this week, is that right? And uh, the Niners are the best team in the football right now. The Niners, hands
1: down. they just win, 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 no matter what. All right.
0: Anything else, John, before we we hop off this call, I go to the game and we recap afterwards?
1: Nope. Uh, I think we're ready to go. And, uh, yeah, we got some Mariners discussion to have. This is going to be a long podcast with the Mariners discussion, but uh, it's necessary. So, yeah, good luck at the game. Go Ners. We'll have to check in after.
0: Yeah, might even have to break it into two parts. We might have a two-parter for you guys this week.
1: Ooh, two-part podcast.
0: Um, (laughs) For John Carey, I am Tyler Cartwright. This has been the Sound Up Seattle podcast. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to give us a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Sound Up Seattle, all lowercase, all one word. You can find me, Tyler, at TyCart50, everywhere that's important. And you can find John, not at our house, because he's doing things for work.
1: Busy betting on Um, the dolphins, baby.
0: But he's just living in Vegas right now, just vibing with money.
1: Um, other
0: than that, hey, let's go Mariners, baby. Finish strong. Go M's.